Welcome to the Grace Place Weekly Podcast. No matter your size, age, shade, or background, here you'll receive compelling lessons suited to help guide your walk with Christ and your relationships with others. Please join us now for this week's podcast, recorded live from Grace Place in St. Paul, Minnesota. What a Minnesota. great day to be in the house of the Lord. <clears throat> Eleven years ago, on a Sunday morning, a small, older woman lost all of her teeth slightly bent, came up to me here in the front of the church after I preached and handed me a little sandwich baggie with some change in it. She brought her offering and she gave it to me. I stood there overwhelmed knowing that was all she had. And Terry was here and I leave my phone and wallet and things there by the seat where I sit, and I went over and opened my wallet, and I only had $11 that day. I had a 10 and a 1, and I turned to her, and I said, well, let me give you an offering, and I gave her $11. I never saw her again. I took that baggie, and I taped it inside my dresser so that the money hangs. When I open the drawer, it jingles that money every day and I think of that lady I thought she died never saw her again until last Sunday she came last Sunday smaller she still didn't have any teeth little old lady and she she talked to the people in the kitchen were you there Tammy I see a nod on your head uh, Bob knows uh, Mary, who's working with the children now. She said, I need to see the pastor. And they were thinking, well, I'll maybe just kind of protect him from this aggressive lady. And she said, I've got to talk to him. She laid hands on me and prayed for me that day 11 years ago. And last Sunday, she made her way up this side aisle. And when they told me, I, it never dawned on me that it would be the same gal. Never even thought about it. And when I looked, I went, there she is. That's that lady. And she came and met me right here, and several people saw it. Terry noticed it. Bob Erickson reminded me of it today and said, you need to tell this story. She came and said, how's my pastor? I said, well, how are you? She said, 11 years ago, I came here. And I've come back today to pray for you. She said, because the Holy Spirit told me that you are now cancer-free. I said, what? She came the summer of my first cancer surgery 11 years ago and prayed for me and came back to say, the Lord sent me back to tell you you're cancer-free. Well, I don't know what that does to you, but it kind of makes me feel like passing out right now. And what, I'm, what I started a week ago to tell you, and it started a week before that, 
is this idea. God is in you. And the good things that come out of you are God things. Right? Is that right? I'm not altogether good, but the God that's in me is good. And any good thing that comes out of me come, came from God. Right, stay with me now. And I think if I, could, if I could draw in the air a picture for you, it's like the road, the straight road has turned. This church has made a turn in a new direction. We used to talk, that's all I thought about talking was how to get people to ask God to come into their lives. Fill me with the Spirit. Jesus, come into my heart. Now I'm asking God to help us say, help me let you out. Because you came into my life when I didn't know you. When I was dead, I was unaware. You were being good to me when I was in the dark. You were light when I was in dark. You were life when I was dying. You were healing when I was in pain. You were my friend when I was alone. I didn't know it. You were doing good things in my life. Somebody please help me. And I'm asking God, change the direction and the thought and the whole process of this church. Change our mindset. I'm gonna show you some verses and now, <clears throat> we're going to look at Genesis 12, 1, 1 Steve, Genesis 12, 1, and Joel chapter 2. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. The heading of this chapter is the call of Abram. How many of you understand that the relationship that God had with Abram and the promises that God made to Abraham affect us even today? That Abraham was the father of faith. I'm going to read to you the call of Abram, Genesis 12, 1. The Lord said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household and go to the land I will show you. Here's the most incredible long-term prophecy, one of the most marvelous verses in the Bible. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That's so powerful because as we look back, we realize that what God was prophesying was that Abraham would be the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, and through that lineage, through that bloodline would come Jesus Christ. And that all the families of the earth would be blessed through Abraham. Everybody say all families. Everybody say all peoples. That's what it says. Everybody on earth, Abraham, is going to be blessed because of you. Every human being is going to be blessed because of Jesus Christ. I'm promising you something, Abraham. Everybody, every person is going to be blessed because of Jesus Christ. Until Jesus came, the world was in one direction. The road led toward obedience, regulations, legalism. Moses gave them the law. 
When Jesus came, the road turned. It's no longer about legalism. It's no longer about law. It's about Jesus Christ who fulfilled the law and saved us by himself. It's not about Moses anymore. It's not about your righteousness anymore. Your righteousness doesn't count. It's his righteousness that counts. And because of Jesus Christ, God counts all of us righteous and has blessed everybody because of Jesus Christ. Can I preach Jesus in a Jesus church and tell you this has been confusing to people? People have tried to stay on the old road, but the direction, God gave us a new direction. All the people on earth are going to be blessed through you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. This is so big, Craig. This is monstrous, bro. I'm going to read Joel chapter 2 to you. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Joel chapter 2. 28, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Do you recognize that language? Do you recognize that? Do you see he's saying the same thing? I'm going to pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I am preaching to you that I believe Genesis 12 and I believe Joel 2. I believe that God Almighty set a time and said, I'm going to bless everybody on this planet. I'm going to enjoin them. I'm going to baptize them, fill them. I'm going to be with them. I'm going to fill them with my spirit. And Abraham celebrated. Jesus said he he rejoiced to see my day. And they said, wait, wait a minute, Abraham, you... No, he said, before Abraham was, I am. I made a promise. Come on, Cindy, help me. Before Abraham was born, I was. I'm fulfilling a promise that I made back then. I don't understand why it took me so long. Look at me. I recognize the struggle you might have. It took me a long, long time to understand that Jesus said, I'm saying things now that you're not going to understand, but later you'll get it. We're getting right now what Jesus meant. We're looking around and saying, it doesn't matter what color you are. Please, this is not political. God, help me, this is not about America. But we're learning in the Christian realm. It's not about what color you are. It's not about your socioeconomic place. It's not about what name you have. It's not about the church that you go to. We're celebrating because God has poured out his spirit on all flesh. He's blessing all peoples all over the earth because of Jesus Christ. And it's a mindset. It changes the church. The purpose of the church has been changed. We're not here to convert people. We're here to tell them about Jesus and that it's him that's in them doing those good things. Are you hearing me? God knows I've said it and I know it's critical and I hope this hurts you really bad. But I've known drunks that would share a drink more than Christians who will share. I've been there. I've sat with them. I've watched them. I've listened. I've been there. When they'll share their drugs with somebody though they don't have enough to get them through the night. And there are Christians who are supposed to be sharing everything with everybody who tighten up and say, I'm not even going to share my faith with you. Woo, that's good preaching. Nate probably should have kept singing. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews chapter 12, 
verse 1 through 3. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders. Somebody say, throw it out. Throw it out, get it off your shoulders, get all the stuff, get all the thoughts that hinder you from believing in Jesus today. I'm preaching Jesus. I'm preaching to you Jesus Christ. I'm preaching that he came, and because of what he did, he reconciled us to God. On the cross, he did a thing. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, but not only ours, but for the sins of the whole world. John said, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. My God, lay down your other thoughts that hinder you, that confuse you, that bug you, that scare you. The sin so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Somebody shout Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author. He's the author. The page is blank. He puts his pen to the page and he begins to write. He's the author. He's the one with the imagination. He's the one with the forethought. He's the one that's thinking about it before he says it. He is God and he's the author. You're not the author and you're not the editor. There's an author. He's the beginner. He's the starter. Before anything happened, he was. Before you came to life, he was. The only thing we can do right now is change our minds, which is repent, and come under his direction. Get on his road. If he changed direction, I'm changing direction. If the church has failed in its effort, can I just ask you real quickly, you, because there's pushback. Think, has the church fulfilled its mandate? Is the world, is America, is is, is St. nor St. Paul, all better because Christians are here? Good laugh. That was nice. If you didn't hear that on the, if the podcast didn't pick that up. No. No. A house divided against itself cannot stand. The church is divided into all kinds of pieces. People are fighting with one another. There's more prejudice. On Sunday morning, this nation is more segregated than at any other time. Church. Help me, somebody. I'm telling you, we need, to, we need to look at the Bible, look at it again, and see what is our message, what's our purpose. What are we doing here? We're not here to convert people. We're here to tell them that Jesus is in their lives. That's God that's been good to you. Show them what God has done in their lives. Let people say thank you. Do you know that a person who doesn't go to church that says thank you to God is more pleasing to God than people that go to church and don't say thank you at all? Do you understand that the people who celebrate life and say, oh, hallelujah, life is good, I feel great today, and they recognize that there's something healthy going on, that that health comes from God? Every Let's go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, 17 and 18. James chapter 1, verse 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above. I'm going to read that again until you say amen. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Did I read Genesis 1? 
26 and 7 yet? Let's go back to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea. Bob Erickson and I went fishing yesterday evening. How'd we do, Bob? Thank you, Bob. We let them have rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over the creatures that move along the ground. Verse 27. Would you, can you see it? Would you please read aloud with me verse 27? So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. In his image and likeness. You are like God. He said so. He made you like him. Nate wrote a song. Our God is awesome. 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 Somebody say with a little feeling, would you? Awesome. He's awesome. How many of you remember the song from several years ago? Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above. You remember that song? He's awesome. What an awesome, awesome God. What an awesome God. They're doing this thing, you know, about the moon, the lunar landing and all the business this week. Then you look out there in space and you think, oh my goodness, how big God is. How marvelous he is. And you look back on this planet, how small it is and how humbled those marvelous astronauts were. And Bob and I talked about this last night, but Aldridge received communion. First thing he wanted to do, receive communion in that atmosphere, out there in space, somewhere with God. Our God is an awesome God. They're talking about all the pollution and stuff that's killing our planet. Go count tree leaves. Because every tree leaf is sucking up carbon and pouring out oxygen. You know what God will do? He'll just expand the kelp in the ocean and fix this thing. Don't fret. Quit worrying. We serve an awesome God. You say, that sounds political. Okay, you can make all this political if you want. I'm telling you, God is in you. You are in the image of God. And any good thing that came out of you, that comes out of you, came from God. You're in his likeness. Come on. He filled you with his spirit. Everybody on earth is going to be blessed. Jesus Christ is in all of our hearts and all of our lives. You say, well, come, where, if you invite him to come in, where does he come from to get in you? He's already in there. Somebody laugh and help me with that. That's the goofiest thought. I've got people upset because we don't say the sinner's prayer where we say, Jesus, we invite you to come. We're already forgiven. He died already. I said, you're already forgiven. He forgave you 2,000 years ago. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't have a clue what they're doing. And we all got to say, boy, that's a truth. He made me in his image. Now, there's some stuff he's working on because I'm not perfect. I'm human. You know what the difference between you and God is? He's altogether good. You got some good in you. It takes all of us and all of our goodness to represent one Jesus. Is that right or not? So I'm going to go back over this just a little bit. If you, if, you're, if you feel like helping somebody, 
If you see somebody struggling with too many groceries in a bag or trying to open a door with their foot, or somebody struggling to open a door. How many have ever opened a door for somebody? Ever, anybody ever help anybody? You just felt like helping. You know that's God. You know what? God's a helper. How many of you know God will help you? How many of you God doesn't always do everything you want him to do? Sometimes he helps you do what you got to do. He's a helper. He's an encourager. I'm going to ask a question because uh, I've talked with several of you about this. How many of you have ever heard from God or you felt like the Spirit of the Lord dealt with your heart? How many of you know that every time he's done that, it has always been to move you forward? It's always been to help you, correct your direction, give you some support, give you some, a new thought, help you. He's always there to encourage. How many of you know that God's an encourager? If he wanted to discourage you, he could knock you out, but he doesn't do that. That's not God. God's an encourager. So anytime you feel like you need to straighten somebody out, stop it. Encourage people. He's an encourager. He's a helper. And when you feel encouragement come out of you, that's God. And when you do that, when you say to somebody, you're doing really good, you encourage somebody, you can feel the flow of the Spirit. And I'm telling you, there are people, there are professional athletes, there are coaches who would not count, don't say that it's the Holy Ghost. They would never admit that or acknowledge that. But I'm telling you, that's the Spirit of God that's in them encouraging. That's God that moves on every musician. Music. Please think for with just a moment. Let's go to the higher arts for just a second. Think of the rhythm. I remember when I was a young preacher, there was a bunch of uh, preachers and TV stuff even against rock music. Remember, a lot of it, wasn't there, Nate? And a lot of it, they, they called it devil music. And it was because nearer my God to thee or amazing grace couldn't be drummed to. And see, people are start playing drums, and we're going, oh, that's too much. Think of the rhythm that God has. The trees <laughs> clapping their hands. Think of that drum he plays when it starts to thunder. Think of the four seasons and the four rhythms and the waves and the and it doesn't take long. Somebody starts singing, and you, I'm telling you, you, you may have grown out of it because you got to remember you got to be like a little kid, but you get the music going, and you let little kids, you look, watch little kids, see if they don't start fooling around. They just, you get the jitters. Am I right? God is in the music. Somebody, would you believe that? Would you just tell me that God is in it? He's in it. And people start playing music, and they're going, oh, there's something coming out of me. Nate does it. It's effective when you start to sing. When you start to sing, you may not be able to sing on key, but when you're in the car, in the shower, when you're singing by yourself, man, it feels like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. You start singing, right? I suggest that you sing more. I suggest that you look at the flowers and breathe them and listen to the wind and pick up the glory of the thunder and listen to the waves because it's rhythm. It's God. It's God. And that's God in you that feels good. That You feel it. I like this. Come on, how many of you like music? Let's talk some genre here. How many like the blues? How many of you like jazz? Terry likes jazz. How many, how many three of us like country music where they make so much sense, those boys, you can... 
Both of us. Folk music. How about, how about, how about rock music? You just like rock music. Look, look, look. All these rock musicians. Some of the sounds. Okay. I am telling you that there's music in every civilization and it has sustained because God is in it. Art. I'm amazed at, at people who can paint or draw and perspective. I remember in seventh grade they taught us to, to draw in perspective. Remember they, the two lines go away and you try to get all the buildings to line up in perspective. Where do you think that came from? Who's the artist here? Who's, who, who, who said there's a straight way? Draw a straight line. Who set the circumference of the earth? Who drew a line in the sand and said to the waves, this is as far as you can come? My granddaughter, Everly Marin Paradowski, called her cousin to come over and spend the night. And while on the phone, she's seven, she's six. How old is Marin? She's eight, she turned eight. She said to her cousin on the phone, I have a paper and pencil. Let's make a list of everything we're going to do. I remembered her mother, Brittany, when she was little, saying to her mother, okay, we're going to the grocery. Let's make a list. And I remember her mother passing her the list of the things for groceries. List makers. Let me see the list makers. Let me see the, let me see the hands of you who need somebody to make lists for you because you are out of order without them. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Gordy. I see your hands. I'm not. Is God, the Bible says, he is not the author of confusion. I'm exalting Jesus today. Get with me. I'm trying to finish. He's not the author of confusion. He's a God of order. He puts things in order. Everything in order. Everything in its time. Everything in its place. Hallelujah. And if he said in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Everybody's going to get a spirit. Everybody's going to have this. I'm going to pour it out on everybody. What we ought to be doing as a church is saying, let that good stuff out. Let it out. Celebrate the good stuff. He doesn't make a list of your bad. He doesn't keep record of your wrongs. Hallelujah. He doesn't keep record of your wrongs. He doesn't list all the bad. He writes down the good things and says, yes, yes, he'll encourage you. You do the right thing. Yes, that's good. You wave your hand. You say, praise the Lord. You sing, you shout, you kind to somebody. And the spirit that's in you bears witness with God. That's God. That's God. If you get discouraged, if you feel low, if you get depressed, if you feel like, man, my life doesn't matter, why don't you just go outside and see if there's not somebody that you can say something kind to, be good to somebody, and see if God won't flow through you like life. There's a river. It's a well. It's like a spring. It'll flow out of your life. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You are awesome. That's my title. If he is awesome, you are awesome. You're awesome. I have a grandson, my youngest grandson, Rob, Robbie. All of his cousins are older than him. And because of it, he's competitive with the big boys. And they call him the GOAT. G-O-A-T. Greatest of all time. 
He thinks he's a goat. He thinks he's the greatest. If you're going to play ball, he's the greatest. You're going to take him golfing, he's the greatest. Took him fishing. Get him up front by me in the boat. He casts. He catches a fish. He swings it around to his dad who's trying to put his rod and reel together and put a lure on his rod and reel. And he takes off Robbie's fish. Sets Robbie back up. Robbie turns around and casts again and catches another fish. Turns around gives it to his dad and his dad not got tied up yet so he takes the fish off and puts it back. After six in a row, he looks with such consternation and says, Oh, Dad, why aren't you catching any? Oh, I, could, I, I can't scream loud enough. I can't shout this loud enough. Oh, to God, that we'd all be like little children. And just the wonder of it, the joy of it, the simplicity of it. God help us. God help us all today to let the awesomeness come out. You say, well, I'm not awesome at anything. Oh, yes, you are. You can cook. You can help. You can sing. You can make music. You can draw. You can paint. You can hold a child. You can tell somebody that you love them. God wants to come out in you. You can feel it bubbling in there sometimes. You can just feel it rolling inside you. You realize there's something in me trying to come out. I want to give. I want to live. And I'm preaching to you this morning. You are awesome. That's God in there. Don't discount it. Don't try to compare it to somebody else. Don't look at Terry and say, well, she's a list maker. Mickey, look, he can scream real loud or whatever. And don't get in the boat and try to think you're out fishing me. That ain't happening. Just appreciate other people's gifts. Let's stand, shall we? Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. To learn more about Grace Place, please visit our website at graceplacemn.org. Thanks for listening. May God bless you this week.